Shalom and thanks for joining us. You're listening to the Elect Life Podcast Edition with Liz McGee. We hope you enjoy the journey as Liz takes you through her mystical insights from ancient Jewish writings. You'll find more info on the website at theelectlife.org. So go check it out and make sure you have oil in your lamp for the coming of Mashiach. And now your host, Liz McGee. Shalom. Welcome to this episode of Elect Life. My name is Liz McGee, and I have with me today special guests. <laughs> this is my now everything in a nutshell. This now is my theory of everything. It's not just mine. This is, in my opinion, and it's a very studied, I mean, I'm not, I've been at this a long time. I have been looking for truth. It's in some of the wrong places, but now I have found it. I have found a great treasure. So that's why I, wanna, I feel like I have arrived at a destination, and now I need to get on another train and uh, take this understanding to as many like far-flung parts as I can. That's all, Metaf- metaphorically speaking. But um, all right, so we have here, this is the Hebrew letters. This is 22 letters, Hebrew and this is a chart of the tree of life. Now, this is a Jewish, mystical, deep, by mystical, in parts, the sowed level understanding, the deepest level understanding. The, 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 the sages, the masters of Torah have encoded and encrypted so that you can pass on this massive amount of understanding, of wisdom and understanding that we can have about Elohim from generation to generation. But before I do, I have to just talk something that's really important, that a lot of you are kind of coming up empty today. There is a real, there is a famine of the word, and this is why I'm getting such incredible response to this, and I'm getting such incredible response as I kind of try to um, go back into the Ephraimite camp, a.k.a. Christianity, and there is a tremendous hunger that the Yahweh has placed in people's heart. And they're ready because it says, when they call upon me out of a pure heart, you know, then he will answer and he will restore to them a pure language. So this is all a sign of the last days again. But um, Hebrew, we have to talk about this, and I've, I've touched on this quite a bit, but in more I study and, and absolutely convinced, Hebrew is not a normal language. It's not... It's not one of the 70 languages of the nations. And you know, at Babel, the father um, changed the language of the people to 70 kind of streams. Like, it's not one of those. Hebrew is, is really the, the language that Adam used to communicate with Elohim, Yahweh Elohim in the garden. It's a very holy, high, elevated spiritual language that is built and made and does contain many levels of spiritual power beyond what it's physical uh, pards, uh, um, it's Peshat or it's a uh, visible letter looks like, okay? But let me just say, the thing that makes, um, it, it's really important for people to understand, I mean, I really am trying to reach, the, my, our brothers Judah have always known this, the house of Judah has always known this, the Torah sages is what they've done, they've studied the word for <laughs> millenniums. Fortunately, it's coming, becoming more and more apparent that Ephraim did not take his Bible, when he went into exile. <laughs> we are full of idols. So to get rid of idols, this is the sure proof, the fireproof way that the Father has established 
to crush and destroy all idols. And it is to take it and throw it at the rock. This is the rock of Israel. This is the stone of Israel. And it will break and crush everything that does not have its origination and its manifestation in uh, the word. Now, Hebrew is known as a Near East language, but you, I just want to talk about language a minute. Uh, what makes another thing that makes Hebrew different from all of the languages? It's every letter is a number, so it is an insane system to graph and chart and plot. It also uh, has many levels of meaning, and I'll show you tell you about that in a second. But this is the part that I think Ephraim has really lost, and that we need to reclaim. This system, and this is what Judah has been holding on to for dear life, and it's coming out in the end, is empirical truth. You want truth? <laughs> you want Dabar? Uh, emet, emet, it is in the letters. The word, the letters don't lie. They are empirical, provable, observable, repeatable. Oh my gosh, what are all the words there that you can have? It does not lie and it does not change. This is the same today as it was when Adam spoke it, spoke, spoke it in the garden with Elohim. It doesn't change. And we, Ephraim, who has been reading Bible translations or been away from our quote unquote our root system for millennium, we need to come back to it. This is, to me is the final frontier, the last kind of leg of the journey. <laughs> You know, uh, the Hebrew has become a uh, resurrected language. It's never happened in the history of a language where uh, a native original language has gone out of fashion, no native speakers, and then all of a sudden in the last 120 years, uh, the Jews have turned their nation into a nation of Hebrew speakers. That's, that's, that's in and of itself is another miracle. And now it's time for Ephraim to start speaking and understanding and being able to work their text in this, in the word. This is the word. So uh, it's not that hard or that daunting. And I would just say to you now that we, ha if you have an understanding of this, and if you see this as a re revelation, I would just ask you, what else are you going to do with your time before Yahweh return? <laughs> I mean, before Yeshua, HaMashiach comes back, what, what would he rather, the Father, see you doing? In his house. I just asked that. So now the thing about Hebrew that we need to understand, these are rooted in a reality. All right. God is true. <laughs> and I said, but the thing about the way our text takes these letters that contain stamped, engraved, unchanging meaning. They're filled with a light that we can't change. All right, we have nothing to do. We can obscure it. We can hide it. We can do all, we can twist it, but we can't change it. We can't, um, but it's always rooted. The way the Hebrews express the truth of these letters is in, we know this, in allegory. But what we have to talk about allegory, where the way the Hebrews do it, where it is concrete. Everything that, that is used as an allegory in your Bible has been tested, tried, proved, Proven to be empirical, repeatable, dependable, and observable according to this system. There's nothing arbitrary. I have spent years kind of plotting and, 
and oh, does that fit on here? You know, I'll get, and, I'll, and every time, every time, and every time, it fits. If you're seeing correctly, your archetype, your vision will fit with what this is speaking of, all right? So we can trust our allegories. We don't need to change them, and especially in Bible translation. When, the, when, the, when this is called the tree of life, it is so rooted in the real concept of how a tree actually physically works inside and looks outside. All right? They're very, one of the things you must understand about the sages, the Torah of Israel, and any Torah sage, they are masters not only of the letters, of the, of, the, of, the, of the Sephirithic understanding of the 32 paths of wisdom altogether. But I've said this, linguistics, science, um, uh, biologies, everything. You have to have, because it mirrors. Because it, these, this makes the physical world. So if you don't really, so if you're going to use an archetype from nature that is absolutely mirrors correctly, okay, this is important. As above, so below. When, when, Moshe made the tabernacle, it was, the storyline was, it was exactly as it was represented in heaven. The archetype was completely, so this is the principle, as above, so below. Now, other Western or other religions aren't like this, or I don't mean, I mean letters, other languages. Our Western Christian cultural mindset, I hate to say it, and it's an inconvenient truth, but it is the truth. We have a Greek mindset. We have a Greek, at this point, it is a Greek philosophical underpinning of interpretation of this. Did I ask you, was Yeshua a Jewish rabbi? What are the chances he spoke to his people, his Jewish disciples, his people, in anything other than Hebrew and Aramaic? We have no record of it. There's no record that Yeshua ever spoke Greek. Okay? Later on is the gospel, you know, going out into the nations, obviously it picked up other languages that's not like it's wrong but this is what has always been truth has always been transmitted and should have remained transmissional generation should in its hebrew original for all scholars or sages all through the ages now is judah did that unfortunately we didn't this is something that has can be corrected what's all right so this is why you can one of these you can trust it and this is how it says, watch out for science, falsely accused so. Because if you, you know, if they foist on us or whoever, you, you make a discovery and you want to see if it's, is it empirical? Does it fit with this archetypal understanding? And if it does, you found true science because the architect don't lie. They completely stack one inside the other and there's no, you can, it's an endless. You know, think of those mirrors where they just go endlessly, endlessly. That is the system. This system is meant to stack just like computer programming, tons of information into smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller containers. All right? So that being said, but what the Greek mindset does, it leads you into fragmentation because they do not believe <laughs> in the, that Yahweh spoke through nature in truth. See, that's why Paul says, look, at, I'm sorry to tell you, but you're all going to be without excuse for not believing in, God, in, 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 a, in an empirical God, Godhead, because nature speaks of it, and you can't get around it when you really are looking honestly. So, but the fragmentary, that's why we're all over the place in the Western world. That's why we're kind of falling apart and falling down. 
all right? We are not on the solid foundation. I mean, it's really not rocket science. I mean, come on. We're not on the solid foundation, and we need to get back to this. This is the word. In the beginning was the word. This is the stone of Israel. It is so incredibly uh, compacted and, and theologically flows 100% with the word. This is the stone of Israel. And this is the stone that the builders have rejected. <laughs> All right? Think how many religions out there or isms that are not based and founded in staying true to the, the word, the letters. We have millions of translations of all kinds of texts. I mean, I'm not religious and science and everybody's speaking a quote-unquote different language. All right? But this is where a Kabbalah, to tell you, Jewish mystical understanding, which is the deep sewed level in parts, is, is this level of understanding, all right? So we can, we can trust it on that level alone, and I'm going to give you a lot of uh, good information. Now, let me just say something. I'm just right now, even just at the letters, this is a four-part system. Well, let me, all right, if I'm going to do that, let me just say this again. Like I've said, if you look at this tree of life, and I'm sorry, the colors, like this is white. It wasn't probably should do it in black. I mean, I'll probably keep working it. So you can't see what this represents, these words here, but I can tell you. But if you'll notice that you have, again, 10 sephirith, 10 circles, 10 containers, 10 vessels. These are the 10 names of Elohim. And there's so many, I'm not going to digress on that too much, but I've done a lot of teachings. The 10 sephirith, all right, 10 names of Elohim, and the 22 letters, and you notice that each of these little lines, these paths, you know, uh, connecting different sephirith with each other, and those are, those are the letters. So you have 22 letters and 10 sephirith, which is a total of, um, oh my gosh, how did I do that? Um, um, 42. 36. 36, all right? Yes. So you have to understand that this is an, a mathematical system. Well, actually, this is so complex. It, it's simple, but it creates amazing complexity. But each one of these sephirith has three manifestations of itself, so to speak. All right. And this is, gets really deep and I don't want to. But each one is, is, is associated with letters which create form we were formed in his image and his likeness it is the dna of god this is his dna that has knit us together in our mother's womb and has produced our body our soul and our spirit but in and so you have this idea of the letters that make uh the the form the souls of us there's also each one contains within the, the, the soul of, of Yahweh of God, all right? He is in everything. So there's a core DNA. There is a stone. See, a stone is a word. I It just means like your DNA nut. It's the nucleus. It's the nut of the, the cell. This is the most basic building block that's in everything, all right? Um, they call it, it's called a city. Sometimes you refer to it in our text in the, in the keys of the key. is a city uh, as a stone. All right. Now each, and then the last part of it, it, it's also graphed into this is time. See, these are the three dimensions that Einstein was talking about. You know, uh, you have matter, 
which is the letters, which is actually the, the concrete terabytes, the bits of information. You have the essence, which is its light, its, its pureness, its actual spark of Elohim, the real part of, that comes right from God is pure, never changes. It never, you know, your basic cell does, replicates itself and doesn't change. It keeps still producing you, new cells. And then you have the last part would be numbers because every letter is known. And that is a mathematically unbelievable system. This is where calculus comes from. This is where all these um, trigonometry, all these come from because pi really is different. There is sacred geometry. There is a number system that is, that is ironclad. And there's a reason why one is one, two is two, three is three, if I can get there. But so there's so much, as I keep saying, coded into this. The other thing that's really, um, I'm just dealing with the letters. Okay. So, you know, we read right to left. Aleph, um, oh, this Aleph, Bet, Gimel, Dalit, you know, reading this way. Well, it's, I had this thing going this way and you really could read, but I had to put it up this way. But it's still, you start here in the left corner and you're reading down. But uh, this letter, there's four parts to it. And this is why they really code. I mean, honestly. Uh, you already have the four elements, the four winds, the four spirits, the four corners, the four, four. All right. That's a very big archetype in our text. Well, what in, in, it's referring to is, and this is where you get the, of the electron, the nucleus, and then you always have the electrons and the protons and the neutrons kind of circling around it. Well, that's like the letter, all right? And then you always have around each letter is, is what is called its crown, if there is one. It's the letter, which we see here, the vowel that is associated with that combination or that letter, and what's called the trope, which is a cancellate, cancel, cancellation mark, what, you know, those little dots and chills that um, Yeshua talks about. So... The, and I haven't even gotten to that yet. So there is a lot. They have a whole system. And depending on if there's a crown, if there's one crown, three crowns, it all means if, what vowel it is, where the vowel is placed, what other markings are goes on it. I mean, it's a very complex system. And, uh, but again, you know, I, I, people don't have to, you know, do your own level, go at your own pace, feel what your own calling is to this. I mean, I'm, really about the mysteries and getting down to the bottom. I mean, I love to delve into this stuff. Some people, it's not, you don't have that level. Go do what you're called to do, but always be aware of this. This is the word. Study it as much as you can. Learn the letters. Learn their roots, how different letters combine and make ironclad, unchangeable um, containers for knowledge of God. That's what they are, all right? And they're alive. This is, this is the most a live system on the planet. This is the system. Now, all right, so enough of all that. Let me just say two things that uh, to see here, in a sense. I put this here this way, yod Hey vav Hey. That's the tetragrammaton. This is the most holy name or, or container name for Elohim, the highest level container name for Elohim that we have, that, the, that has been um, um, preserve for us through the house of Judah, all right? But a lot of times you'll see it. What's really interesting, yod heh vav again, there is tons of information that is coded into these letters 
They contain, like Bob contains all the information that is in this, which is called Xeron pin. It's crazy. So you could look at the Bob and you just kind of get, oh, it's the Bob in, in the shortened version. It's like having the shorthand. Oh, I know what it's referring to. You know, the six spirits of Elohim, the seven spirits of Elohim. All right. And then each one and what they're, all right. But if I'm talking about the hay, you know, I can know in my mind exactly when we're talking about Hokma and Bina, uh, our heavenly mother, our heavenly father, um, Abba Ima, uh, wisdom and understanding, which is outside of this. I mean, I'm just, I'm just showing these relationships. And then you have this world, this world of Yahira, where you have the Keter, the crown. This is the absolute point. This is the point. And right from there is like, there, and they know, there's like, you know, our connection to Elohim, where he gives us revelation. We, there's, a, there's a point, there's a connection. You see where they, the electricity, like, eh, just when it hits the point, when it hits that spark area where it can light up, that's where Keter is. And it is the, it's the beginning point. You have to start somewhere. And Yahweh started somewhere. And that's always the crown, the little dot that is on top, uh, signifying. But I digress. But then you dive down here. Um, this is the world. This is our world of physicality. So as you're coming down, yod hey vav hey. this is where we are in physicality, where we use our five senses and all the information we take in. But I just have to show you something. I mean, look at on the chart, quite seriously. This is something our sages have known. Secular world mindset. This is their problem, the Greek mindset, because they've divorced themselves from the reality of the archetypes that are rooted in the, in the knowledge of the biblical God. Uh, this looks very disjointed. If you don't understand what is on top of it, impacting it and making it be what it is. All right. Um, but my other point is these on the side, just I told you quick a couple times, these are represent in Hebrew, totally the Hebrew letters come together to form words that talk about the different worlds and the different levels of our soul. So I'm trying to say this is a very complex, think of a layers of computer systems. And so, you know, our nephesh down here is very far removed in a different program totally from uh, the wisdom, let's say, that's coming from up here, Yahira or Haya, which is an light. This is the world of creation. Well, I'm sorry, this is the world of creation, our Nesimer soul. This is the world of formation, our Ruach, and this is the world of materiality, physicality. All right. So it's incredible how much information they can code into this uh, when you kind of begin to get a handle. Now, let me just talk a few overarching. Uh, I want to make one point. The way, let me just say how the Father uses these, the text, the prophets who are, let me tell you this, they have inherited from their fathers right from, and I believe this line goes from Adam, you know, to Enoch, to Shem, to to Abraham, Abraham actually is attributed with codifying much of this. The, the, he wrote the Sefer Yitzar, which is probably the most complex treaty on this and the oldest. And this is kind of what Abraham figured out. And I believe that. Why? But I don't think he figured it. He kind of re-got it again. It seems, you know, it's a constant game of lost and found. But what I want to say about here, see how this looks like a person? And you'll see this a lot. This yod hey vav hey, it really is. When Paul is talking about the body of Christ, which is not, it's talking about 
the son, the anointed one, who is Mashiach, his whole configuration from his highest, most ethereal parts, the mind of Elohim, all the way down to his incarnation in the flesh when the word took on flesh. There's a lot of depth of understanding. There's a lot of depth of dimension. And there's a lot of depth of entities, levels of living souls with intelligence. There's a lot of intelligences packed into this. And it's all alive. It's all God. And it's all unchangeable. And right now at the end of the age, <laughs> totally, if I can just say prophetically, all the isms of the world is going to be thrown at this word now because it's coming. And anything that does not stand, you know, any <clears throat> is going to be thrown into the fire and burnt up. It's worthless. It's not, it doesn't, it doesn't, it's a bad template. It's a bad imitation. It's, it's a, it's a hybrid. It's a, <laughs> you know, what do they call it? It's defective. But a carp is, let me just say this point. So when Yahweh says the builder of the house is Yahweh, well, he's not kidding, all right? This, it, he is the builder of the house. One of the reasons why it's called a house is because it emanates with beginning, with B, with Bina, with Bet. He formed the heavens and the earth. So really the starting point of our text is right here in Bet, in Bina, even though the text alludes totally to Hokma and Keter, and even to the great imminent, uh, transcendent Ensof, who is really outside of his creation. But this is, for all intents and purposes, this is the Godhead that we're... But anyways, so the way it's used a lot of times, when he talks about he's the master of the house, when a carpenter employs tools to build a home as a carpenter, so a carpenter has all sorts of tools and mathematical systems and doing things to construct the house, which is exactly akin to Yahweh when you understand the different functions that are being represented here. But Yahweh uses the 22 letters of the Hebrew alphabet, the alphabet, to form heaven and earth. Now, this is the heavens. The worlds of Bariah, the worlds of Yetzirah, the work in our Neshama soul and our Ruach soul. It's our heart. It's our carnal nature, which is usually always referred to down here in the gut. <laughs> Our lower abdominal area, uh, our, and um, but we are told to attain outside wisdom and understanding. We're told basically the new birth is to hook yourselves back up to the top of the tree of life and to receive um, life, eternal life, which is coming all the way from Keter down. We have to get up to this level of understanding. This will be the resurrection. All right, I digress. Let me just say this. The letters are metaphorical wood, stone, nails, counterposts, and crossbeams of our earthly and spiritual existence. So a lot of times when it talks about wood, hay, stubble, gold, uh, silver, it is actually coded into, like, this is gold. Bina is gold. So when you, it's, it's understanding. It's created with the word. Hokma um, is wisdom. All right? This is not an accident that these highest levels of consciousness and what they're related to, um, the, I'm sorry, this is oil and this is wine. This is wisdom. This is understanding. That's how those words are referring absolutely back to these um, sephirithic attributes, understandings, uh, levels of consciousness in the high mind of Elohim. That's exactly what it is. Now, so... 
But there's an incredible amount of, let me just read a couple of things that are talking about these letters. But as I was saying with Paul, when he was talking about the body of Christ, he's talking about this configuration, yod Hey vav Hey. It's not an accident the letters, the letters stack upon themselves and they look like a man. <laughs> we are told over and over again, even though Yahweh, we're talking, he's not a man like us. He has allowed himself to be spread out and referred to in anthropomorphic terminology so we can relate to it. So down here, these are the arms. This is the right, you know, the right arm, the right hand of Yahweh. This is the left hand, the left on the left side. This is the middle pillar. This is the spine involved in here. Your spine is your total connecting um, Everything goes through your spine. All your impulses, wirings, you know, uh, and, and the heart is here. So this is a very important, and I said this is the heavens. These are all relating, and they're really all talking. These are our psychological levels. You know, to think that, um, that psychology was just invented again, okay? No, it, it's nothing new under the sun. So when you see this, this is what they're representing. This is another depiction, yod heh vav as in, in our Hebraic understanding, the word would be Adam Cademan. He is the, the first Adam. He is the whole um, construct, all right? And when you understand this, you understand why there was, what they're referring to is the first creation and then the second creation and then Adam, man, he made them male and female. I mean, and then, all right, I got to stop because you can just go on and on. I mean, I can talk for hours and I will hopefully can now just continue to unpack these relationships from the word and with on the, on the tree of life to show that that is what is being referenced uh, over and over again by our prophets. Our sages, Moshe, I mean, Moshe is a prophet, so that's, I'm talking about all of them. And Yeshua, you know, the, he was the builder of the house, you know. Anyways, in Hebrew, there are no things, there's only words. See, there, in Hebrew is, there's not even, what do you call that? Um, tense. But I digress. There's only words. The Hebrew name of each being contains its essential life force. And I said, like, these letters have very specific. This is Shin. You know, I unpacked, and if you want to see just the first out-of-the-box proof that this is absolutely empirical, I'm telling you, people, we can trust the word. This is the point. He has not left us as orphans in these last days to face and crush the beast kingdom because I'll throw anything the beast throws at me back at the word and it will get destroyed. <laughs> I have no... Uh, all right, I got a little... Ex okay, so where was I? So this is contains the essential life force, its name. That's what Adam was doing. Adam had the most intricate understanding and knowledge of this system. And, and when he walked and talked with Elohim, they were totally openly talking about the whole um, spiritual system and the physical and everything. Complete transparency, complete communication. Well, anyways, it didn't last that long. I think they said he gets seven hours. <laughs> and I don't know if they mean literal hours. You know, again, I mean, that could be eons of time, but who knows? Uh, the Hebrew name of each contains its essential life force. The infinite power of the creator is found within each instance and object of the creation. Nothing is outside that light, light, and nothing is void of it. The 22 letters of the Hebrew alphabet express the specific articulations of that creative force. So when Yahweh spoke, he spoke the letters 
in combinations and said, you go out and do this and you do this. And there's a whole interesting, when you get deep in uh, relationship of the letters, and actually the letters are the only thing that you can have before your face at all times. That's why, you know, we're not to have images. We're not to make him. I mean, like it's, you can't, this is a very empirical system and you can't put a, put an ox in there and substitute that, um, okay, we'll make the head, uh, the, the, the ox. No, it's not the ox, all right? This is rush. This is something much more higher and sublime. But I digress. Okay, so in the past hundred years, science has laid bare the intricacy and sheer vastness of the physical world in a previously inconceivable way. I mean, we have so much technology, we can see down to the smallest little particle quantumly, you know, I've said it all the way up to the uh, stars. So, but we're, what we've uncovered is basically an amazing harmony by which the entire physical universe is seen as a singularity, uh, every particle relating to every other particle. And there's a harmony in which even matter and energy themselves are a single uh, unit. This is the Echad. Shema Israel, here Israel. Adonai Elohim, Adonai is Echad. There's many parts you can examine. You can do deep meditative on, on the word of Hasad, Yahweh's loving kindness, which is new every morning. <laughs> But it's still just one out of ten. Every, but it is the greatest, I will tell you. This is where we are down here. All right. So we are. But um, Yesod and Malkut, there's so much a wealth of understanding in these Hebrew letters that make up this, the make the victory. They, they kind of give, it's the high, it's like the Ten Commandments. They, in, in, when you're subsetting, you start with your broadest brush and then you keep chunking it down subunit sub -unit to subunit to subunit. That's how it works. Now, in terms of the math, I think this is a, and like I said, I really don't do yet anyways. It's just the grammatria, which is pretty, uh, pretty intense in a lot of, but I do want to say something about this idea of math. One of the best ways to understand scripture is that it's not a history book. And it, it's, its highest contribution to mankind is not as a history book. You know, just recording uh, certain dates and people and times and places. That's not really its greatest contribution. Its greatest contribution is that the Torah is a cosmic code whose mathematical-like notation is a string of equations that all together constitute one very large equation, which in turn are all condensed into the root formula, yod hey vav hey. This is, this is the word, uh, the 36 paths of wisdom, they all lead to a deep truth, and understanding of Elohim, what we can know that he told us was for us and for our children's children for all generations. Now, uh, and we're going to get back to it. But the idea that the, um, uh, okay, then so here, then there's another one that says that many, one's thought of as very fanciful and just, you know, a lot of people, see, they fall on the rock. They don't know the truth of this, and they come out of here with this fractured, shattered understanding, like who can know God? Well, you can't. We just have been very poorly taught. Once thought of many as a fanciful idea, the idea that the mysteries of the universe can be explained by mathematical equations and the original letters of the Hebrew letters that have numerical values is now a fundamental precept of modern physics. 
Everything that exists in our physical world comes from the divine world of absolute, which is the highest level, Hulkman Bina, the mind of Elohim. All right? And, and creation is portrayed as the unfolding of a divine language from the Sephirith into ideal letters of the spiritual realm, which there must be impressed upon the physical world. Whatever exists in the world must first exist in the mind of Elohim. Nothing can self-generate of itself down here or here. It has to originate in the mind of Elohim. There has to be a root system um, to the divine source. Now, there's something today called, that's really, if you want to study this out a little bit more, is this idea called fractals. Uh, and with our, our, another way I guess you could talk about it is structuralism. These are just throwing out some of these modern science kind of containers for information of ways of experience. You know, to me, this is the theory of everything. <laughs> and it's millennium years old. It has been preserved. It's very accurate, and we can trust it. Now, this paper, uh, let me see, structuralism, let's see. There is an idea that surface diversity conceals an underlying unity. Truth is hidden within a layered model of reality, linguistic and mathematical. Relationships constitute elementary structures enabling diverse and seemingly unconnected, but actually are structurally very related to each other. So if you didn't have and know this big picture it's like the elephant in the, you know, then you started to feel this side of the elephant and you said, well, that leg, I don't know, maybe it's a tower, maybe it's this, you know, you can't do it that way. You really do have to have the whole, that's why the Jews have had such an incredible yeshiva system of learning that again, even we really, we would behoove ourselves, uh, especially any teacher now, I really think, and even my teacher is held accountable for what you know. You need to believe this is, this is the Ruach HaKadosh's curriculum for Ephraim right now at this time. That's not my opinion. I think that's a pretty uh, prophetic uh, conclusion. When all things, nothing hidden, will not be brought out and revealed. So just on the last thing on the numbers, let me say this. Because it's, it, 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 again, they're not arbitrary. Number one, echad. And again, echad is not one numerical. It's one in terms of a unity. The echad of Elohim is a total package. You can look at different parts of it, be blessed by it, receive emanative you know, energy from it, seriously. But it, you do not worship a part over the whole. And um, it, uh, uh, Shema Ahir Israel, Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai is echad. But the number one implies there exists a single reality. It suggests absolute conformity. It's a hot. It's the, all right? So that's its understanding. It's not numerical like day one. It's the, the sum total of everything is in a hot on that, in that origination. The number two represents separation, division, and disunity. So you go from one to two. You take that unit and you divide it out. He did. He made... He, um, he made them male and female. He took the unity of Keter and he spread it, male and female. But that, I digress there. That's a beautiful whole story, part of the story. So number two represents separation, division. Uh, two represents the right and left. I said giving 
uh, giving versus restraint. The number three, however, finds an underlying unity between disparate entities. Um, and that is like, you know, then you put uh, one plus two equals three. And we have unity again. These words are not arbitrary. They contain these numbers, contain great systems of organization and mathematical plotting and flowing. It, it, so, I mean, I'm just, I'm just trying to explain the big, big picture and people according to their desire, their intent, uh, go deeper. But one thing that happens is that, and this explains the fractals, all geometrics are fractal and can fit into each other and can be infinite, which we know now. The way this compresses, everything compresses. It's called under Keter. And it's, all right, let me say it this way. Watch. Yod, which represents Keter. Hey, which represents the world of Atsalut. Look how big Yod is. See how, see how it stretches out time? You know, it's like things stretch out. It, it does. There is a lot of distance between hey, all of our soul categories, and then, you know, down into physicality. You can see how this. In both ways, it shows it is a, and I don't want to use the, the word evolution, but only in the sense that there is progression, or you can compact it back up again. I mean, it's like an accordion. You can pull it out. You can put it in. All right. So all the basis of all CIG and computing these days is found on fractals of, of ones, you know, ones and zeros, opens and closed. Uh, Combining those two makes a third. You can, you can make as many worlds as you want. Uh, so when you have an archetype, if it's true to nature, you can carry it over. And, it, and whatever you're looking at, you should be able to find the archetypal image again. And if you don't, then you're probably down a wrong trail. <laughs> so, all right. So let me just say a couple of things here. So it's so funny because you can't, I swear you can't make this stuff up, all right? This is what I mean. I'll find something and, and match it to the chart and see if it, but if we just take the very first number in the Strong's Concordance, because I was looking it up, what is the most universally used name for God that we have, besides God, which I hate, <laughs> is Father. He's the everlasting Father. That's one of his names in Isaiah, and I think that that is the most highest Um sublime understanding he is the father the progenitor he's our creator all right he has made us in his image and likeness but father is made up of two hebrew letters it's not an accident it's made up of the aleph and bet all right ab in hebrew it's ab aleph and bet and that's not an accident because what it's talking about here ultimately this is why they compress remember they're always compressing information I don't have a problem with us, you know, the human race being called men and, you know, or the father being the, the most compact reference to Elohim because I understand the word, the letters, it's Aleph and Bet. Bet is the female. Bet, this is Bina. It's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's our heavenly mother and our heavenly father in, a, in, a, in an embrace in a sense that makes everything. It is an absolute, it's coded right into the name, father, Ab. Aleph Bet, our Heavenly Mother, Heavenly Father. This is the male, this is the female, and um, it's the first word in Strong's numbering. Ah, I mean, to me, that's not an accident. That had to come from deep wisdom and understanding that 
And that again is the alphabet. The alphabet. I mean, it all tracks. It's all saying the same thing. So if you want to know your father, like I said, uh, learn him <clears throat> as he has poured himself into us, into the Christian, as in as the letters. It's exciting. And it, it's so uh, I'm going to again try and wrap this up right now. That probably have done my hour and I will be back next week and we're going to start again to do each letter to progress down the different levels to talk about and I go and listen to my video that I did Aleph separates Mem from Shin that'll prove to you the empiricalness of this so Shalom Shalom I will see you next time on the Aleph Life we hope you enjoyed today's message maybe you have some questions or would like to share your thoughts Liz would love to chat with you about it, so head on over to the website, theelectlife.org, or if you prefer, you can leave your comments on the Liz McGee YouTube channel. And if you're over on YouTube, don't forget to subscribe and hit the bell. Tune in next week as Liz brings out more on the mysteries that matter and more food for the soul. Thanks for tuning in.